is going on, beautiful people, and welcome back to the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, The Fight Podcast. I am your host, the underground king, Serge Vicente, and this is episode 180. Look, I know I've been telling people for the last three months we've been at 180. If you've met me, if I told you we were on episode 180, I, I felt like it. I know there's a whole lot of lost episodes in there that I never posted, so I knew it was at least 180, but check it out, yo. Today, it is officially episode 180, man. So uh, we have a great show lined up for you guys today, uh, but before I jump into that and jump into today's menu, man, remember the Fight Podcast is brought to you each week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Again, Sage Eats. Chicago.com. They cook and deliver healthy meals, deliver them directly to your home or office. All right. But check it out. If you're not in Chicago, it's cool. They still have something for you. They offer fitness mentoring and nutrition consultation. So what they do is they have a fitness coach, fitness mentor that comes out there. He writes your programming. He stays on your butt each and every day. He helps you out throughout the week and continues writing your programming. They also have nutrition consults on staff. So check out Sage Eats today. SageEatChicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 10% off your first three months. All right. Also, while we're at it, yo, tell your friends, tell everybody you love about the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, the Fight Podcast, man. We are everywhere podcasts are. Are available man apple google play spotify soundcloud stitcher and check out your boy at serge vicente all right yo so man i hope everybody's doing amazing uh this past weekend is super bowl weekend actually at the time of me recording this i think the game is going on right now serge what do you mean you're not watching the game no i'm not watching the game i don't watch football but I'm not hating on anybody who does, man. So I hope everybody's enjoying the Super Bowl festivities. Um, I literally have been sitting in here watching old pride fights and uh, and putting this show together for you guys, man. Listening to some music. I've been rocking to that Russ album pretty heavy uh, this week, man. So uh, that one's really dope. Been rocking back on my Freddie Gibbs. Uh, there's certain albums, man, that you, sometimes you really have to revisit, man, after a while. So Freddie Gibbs and Russ is what I've been kind of vibing to all weekend. And uh, yeah, man, put this together for you guys. So as you guys know, on today's menu, all right, five rounds of fight news. Look, it has been a slow week. This is the big gap. There was a two-week gap between big fights, especially for the UFC. And now we have a stretch of we have a fight a weekend from the UFC from now until April, like the end of April at some point in time. Then there's like a two-week break, and then they rock out again for another like couple months straight. So we have a lot of fight news, a lot of fight stuff going on, man. But look, on today's show, five rounds of fight news. We're going to talk about Jorge Masvidal and Kamar Usman. All the Super Bowl stuff going on. Yo, what was about to be the biggest match of the weekend? It looked like it was almost those two guys there. Uh, we're going to talk about Rafael Lovato and the Bellator middleweight champion might be retiring. I'll let you guys know why. Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey is back in the news for saying some 
Look, man, I'm going to say some questionable stuff. I'm going to let you guys decide. But uh, I'll tell you guys about that story when the time comes. Uh, we have some Israel Adesanya, John Jones beef. What's going on with the 135-pound division? Is it a real championship fight coming up? And we have that. We have Tank, Gervonta Davis. What the hell is he doing with himself? And so much more, man. So look. This episode is full, bro. We're going to have a good time. And like I said, if you guys are watching the Super Bowl, uh, good for you. If your team wins, even better. Uh, but uh, all in all, yo, I'm going to be bringing this fight action for you. So without further ado, let me just go ahead and jump into it. Round number one. Jorge Masvidal and Kamar Usman are in the news, man. These two... As we know, we have Jorge Masvidal, the 2019 Fighter of the Year, the 17-year vet. He finally got himself in there. People finally recognize him because he went through an amazing 2019, a destruction. It was started off all the way at the beginning of the year. He knocked out Darren Till. After he knocked out Darren Till, he completely destroys Ben Askren's career with the knee from hell and gets the fastest knockout in UFC history. And then he finishes off the year winning the BMF belt by defeating Nathan Diaz in a great match there, man. So my man is the number one contender of the welterweight division, but he also had all the chips. Everybody was trying to figure out who he was going to fight next. Is it Connor? Is it Kamaro? And we still really don't know. But this past week, you know, uh, reporters row over there. Everyone's getting ready for the Super Bowl. And as we know, Jorge Masvidal is from Miami. So he's there. He's talking about the fights. He's talking about Conor McGregor. He's talking about his new mascal. You know, so he's out there really, really getting it in. At the same time, the welterweight champion of the world, the guy who is in the same exact weight class as Jorge, the dude looking down. Jorge's number one. This guy's the champ, okay? He's also a radio row. He's doing all the interviews, talking about what's going on this week, man. So they end up seeing each other. Both of them have been chirping in the media over the last couple of weeks. And then... Exactly what happens when two fighters who've been talking shit see each other, they get in each other's face. Nothing, no blows came. No, there was just really just just chest bumping, letting each other know. Uh, Kamar Usman has a broken hand, so or should I say ligament damage, as we found out when he was on the JRE this past week. He would they were gonna fight. Everybody knew they were gonna fight. They're two professionals. They just barked at each other, let each other know, and then they were separated. This really brought up a question, though, what's going to happen next? So and each of them had their own. I'm going to say they had their own side of the story. Right. So I'm going to let starting off, obviously, with the champ and why this discrepancy even happened in the first place. Sit here and talk to you about welterweight title picture, and we'll get to that. But there was just a, a verbal confrontation a minute ago between you and Jorge Masvidal from your vantage point. What just happened there? You know, it's a fight business, you know. When you're the champion, everybody's going to try to take their shot, want their 10, 15 seconds of fame, but it happened. You know, a little something, talk, that's all it is. How much does stuff like that affect you compared to maybe how it would have affected you earlier in your career? 
you know, earlier in my career, it's um, you're trying to build. You're trying to get to the top of the mountain, you know. But once you're there, every that's a target on your back, literally. Everybody wants a shot at you, and everybody's going to say whatever they want to say and do whatever they want to try to get that shot. But, you know, as a champion, it's my job to just remember what got me there and stick to those fundamentals. You know, at that point, those contenders, they're going to get their shot. You know, I'm going to run through them until I decide that I'm done with the sport, you know. So, Kamara, I was all All right, so that was Kamar Usman, the champion at 170 pounds in the UFC. That was his side of the story. And we all know there's more than one side of the story, man. So, um, like I said, uh, here now is Jorge Masvidal's take. Something to you. Did you say something to him? Did he see you first? Did you see him first? Can you tell us how it actually kicked off? Well, I just told him, I go, man, you've been talking a lot of shit, saying this and that. I'm, I'm going to straight up say it to your face. You're not there for nobody, nobody else. He goes, what's that? I go, I'm going to you up. You know, I'm just letting you know, I'm going to embarrass you from start to finish so you don't hear she say she say stuff no i'm letting you know right to your face i'm gonna f you up the same way that i've let a lot of my opponents before you know i like to do it more in private if it could just be me and them and look them right in their soul and tell them i'm gonna f you up but you know i didn't get that chance with this dude it just i, I don't like this man you know if i could have altercations with him every day i wouldn't mind uh did anyone touch the other were there any punches uh, pushes? he's not stupid man he he plays tough guy on on uh tv but he's not stupid man. What, what is that guy gonna do in in a scenario like that hug my legs come on man you know he can't punch through a f-ing wet paperback so what what is he gonna do in, in a scenario like that nothing but look down and have to take a seat you know he's a punk he did a lot of screaming and stuff and shouting but that, that i just wanted to tell him one thing like man i'm just gonna f- you up you don't gotta you don't gotta take that person it's just what's gonna happen man you know just relax you don't gotta be loud about it or nothing I said it very calmly and, and right to his face. I'm, I'm going to f*** you up. You know, there was no need for him to overreact like that. You know, he's just sensitive, man. He doesn't like the truth. Did he say anything to you when you said that to him? Yeah, he said a lot of mumble rapping. I don't know what he said, but he said something about this and that and that. And that could care less. I just wanted to let him know my message. I'm going to f*** you up. And, then, and I don't want you to just hear me say it on TV and then, oh, you could deny or confirm the conviction. No, I'm going to say it to your face so you see how much conviction I have behind it. All right, yo. So, look. When people say manufactured beef, right? Now, I, I legitimately think that Jorge doesn't genuinely like this dude. Now, Dana White was a little pissed off. And, uh, and he said he didn't like the whole mess. But before Dana got into that, there has always been a question. Who is Jorge Masvidal going to fight next? We already said it. He's 2019, you know, fighter of the year. His name and Conor McGregor have been linked up. His name and Usman been linked up because he's number one contender. Even Nick Diaz has been spoken in the same breath as Jorge. Like, so who is he actually going to fight? So I guess we can say that, uh, that Dana had, which you can say a Freudian slip or whatever. But before anything else, he also said this. Him and Usman will fight in Vegas, um, probably International Fight Week. And then um, if he wins, maybe we'll do his first title defense down here in Miami. Mm. But is that, is, have you decided that? Is that how that's going to go? You're going to have those two guys fight there? Yeah, well, that, w- that was always the plan. And then, uh, and then the, you know, whatever happened with them a couple days ago or yesterday or whenever that was... Uh, yeah, we hadn't announced it yet, but now this has forced me to announce him and Usman. <laughs> right, so Dana White pretty much admitted, like, look, man, we weren't going to say anything about it, but 
International Fight Week this year, the biggest fight weekend of the year, Jorge Masvidal will challenge the champion Kamaru Usman for the chip. Yo, that's incredible. Seriously, man, I'm I'm so happy that they made the right decision. And I, I did all this and went on a roundabout way to say, check this out, yo. They made the right decision. They could have went with Connor. They could have went with, look, look, man, their needs, normalcy is needed back in MMA. Yes, Jorge and Connor are the two biggest names right now in the sport, along with Israel Adesanya, right? We could all agree on that. They're the biggest fan favorites at this point in time. Everyone wants to because they're around the same weight class to fight each other. But let's be honest. One guy is a 155-pound fighter who truly isn't fully even proven at the weight class against somebody who literally is the number one contender in the weight class above. So why are we going to have the two of them fight when neither of them really have a belt? If you have faith in both of these guys, which it seems like the UFC does, you need normalcy. You need the divisions to continue moving. If divisions do not continue moving, you do not create stars. We would have never had a Conor McGregor if we did not keep the division rolling so we can create these new stars. Champions win, champions lose. The sport needs to continue going. That's what makes MMA so beautiful. We're gonna, they're not going to play around. So now uh, Dana White goes on to say that Connor is getting the, re- or the winner of Tony and Khabib. Look, do I think he deserves that title shot? No, I think he should have to fight Justin Gaethje. If he fights Justin Gaethje, he wins that fight, then he deserves the winner of that fight. But until then, no, I don't believe he needs, I don't think he's earned it. He hasn't. And I'm going to be honest with you, no one can convince me otherwise. He's one and one in the weight class, people. Yes, he moved up a weight. He jumped the line. He beat Eddie Alvarez, which, look, is no small feat. I will not take anything away from Conor with that one. But then he took a, a year and a half off. He got drugged by, by Khabib. And then we, he, he didn't even just get beat. He got finished. Oh, Serge, the third round, he came back, he won a round. I don't give a fuck. He lost a fight, and he tapped. Again, it's no shame in tapping to Khabib, but come on, man. That was one-sided ass whooping. So let him go back, get himself a little bit of steam, and if he's the man, let him win the belt. He goes out there, he does what the UFC wants, he starches Khabib, or Tony, whoever has the belt at the time, and then at the end of the year, you hope that um, uh, Masvidal has the belt also, and then you could have them fight. That would be the biggest fight in combat sports history if that happens that way. Will it happen that way? I don't know. We don't know. That's the beautiful thing about this sport. All right, man. Yo, round number two. Um, yo, this story, I'm not going to stunt. Yo, it hurt my heart a little bit. It, it did, man. It was one of those things that you hate to see kind of shitty things happen to, I don't know, people who seem like they're good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, so we have the champion, Bellator's middleweight champion, 185 pounds, um, Rafael Lovato Jr. 
15 and 0. The greatest American jiu-jitsu practitioner to ever compete in MMA. Dude is a, a complete animal. Goes out there, beats a guy who I didn't think he was going to have an even opportunity to beat. And that was Gay Guard Musasi. One of the greatest to ever do it. Javier Lovato went out there and just pretty much dominated the fight. So he was recently on Joe Rogan's JRE MMA show. And he ended up saying that dude has a brain affliction. And he was diagnosed with it last year and it's called something like car carvanoma where these abnormally formed blood vessels um, form in their brain and or on like the spinal cord and stuff like that. Lovato is supposed to have like one of those clusters on his brain. And he actually wasn't supposed to fight. He says they're between the size of a golf ball and a baseball. They don't know. So he has a whole bunch of those on his brain. They didn't even at the point in time want him to compete against Gegard Musasi. He would have never even found out about it if he didn't do the testing that is required in Britain because that's where that fight was. That testing isn't required here in the States. So they were saying that he shouldn't fight ever. He's went around and tried to get a couple different second opinions. But yo, it seems like Buddy might not be competing again. So his official statement is this. Look, I'm not officially retiring. I guess I'm out indefinitely on the sidelines. I'm actively seeking more doctors and working towards learning more about this. Obviously, I want to keep fighting. Uh, he goes on to say that his potential next steps are that uh, we commend him for uh, his courage and speaking. Now, this is what Bellator says. Uh, they said they commend him for speaking um, openly and trying in a trying time to his career. Um as of right now, he's the current middleweight champion, but it seems as if they're going to go ahead and try to keep him moving. Lovato also said, look, man, I'm not trying to hold the division up. Bellator has been very kind to me with their time and going through all this, but I understand there's guys out there that deserve to fight for a title. And if they need to set up a fight to determine the new champion, I will totally understand. I'm going to be over here doing everything that I can to hopefully get approved to come back. Again, Lovato's only 10 and Oh, he's a multiple time Brazilian Jiu Jitsu world champion. And he recently, last June, took the belt from uh, Gegard Musasi. Now, this sucks for multiple reasons. One, early in his MMA career, man, he's only 10 and 0. Um, he just won the belt from one of the best in the world. Let's not forget, not too long ago, Gegard Musasi dominated and finished uh, Rory McDonald. People thought that was going to be a fight, and he just ran through him. Now I ain't going to stunt, yo. Lovato, I'm not going to say he was on Mexican supplements, but he, he was a little thick um, in that fight. And actually, you should go back and check out some of uh, Gegard's uh, clips <laughs> when he talks about that, because uh, he absolutely roasts Buddy. But um, all the jokes aside, check it out, man. It's sad that this is happening. Um, my concerns are this. Obviously, we care, we care about his health, but he's 36 years old. There's a lot of shred worn on that tire. We need to see what's going to happen. And if he's taken out for an extended period of time, this possibly is the last time we have seen this great champion, man. So uh, that kind of sucks. But um, if you haven't had an opportunity to check it out, go and check out the last Wednesday's Joe Rogan experience with Rafael Lovato Jr. Great interview, man. Yeah, but it just bums you out, man, because he seems like a really cool dude.
All right, man. Round number three. Uh, yeah, this one. Ah, man, you know I'm not here for the shits, man. Uh, I I always hesitate when I feel like it might be gossipy news. But look, man, some some shit just needs to be addressed. Okay. Ronda Rousey was in the news. Look, man, I'm not ever sugarcoating how I felt uh, about Ronda Rousey as an athlete. I think that she has a very special place in the sports history. She really took the sport to mainstream. She popularized it here in the States for women. And um, and at one point in time, she really was the big, she was the face of the sport at a very, um, right before Conor McGregor, uh, it was like that after Chuck Liddell moment, you know, there weren't really any big stars. And she really took that mantle, became a movie persona. <laughs> I'm not going to say movie star. She was a movie persona, right? She did a couple flicks. And then she um, eventually transitioned to the WWE. So my critique of her has always been while she was fighting, my critique was always, and look, you can go back through my tweets. You can check it out. I've always said this. She was extremely limited in her skill set. She was one of those people that really looked good on the pads, but in terms of actually throwing punches, she didn't really do that great. Her knees and her body was so torn down and beat up from wrestling. She never, or she, I'm sorry, I said wrestling judo. And remember, she was a bronze medalist in, in, the, in judo. Uh, at the Olympics. So she had all of these things. She was a one dimensional fighter. And the moment that the sport allowed her to fight girls that were essentially at her skill level, she got blasted. The, the first elite fighter, elite athlete, should I say, that she actually competed against was Holly Holmes. Holly Holmes was a multiple-time boxing world champion. She started off kickboxing. Uh, Jackson Wink trained the entire way. Kicked her face off. Knocked her out first loss. And, uh, and then she never spoke to the media after that about that loss. She came back about a year and a half later and got an immediate title shot against Amanda Nunes, which most of us already know is the GOAT. Not just any GOAT, the combat sports GOAT for females. Boxing, MMA, Amanda Nunes is the one. She goes in there, Amanda Nunes literally got no play, and she gets starched. First round KO, man, Amanda Nunes blasts through Ronda Rousey. Wasn't even a minute, 40-something seconds. So, after that, she never spoke to the media about it she's been very surly towards fans and even when she was competing yo she was kind of an ass to the people that she competed against a lot of people remember the beef that she had with misha tate misha tate the former champion she actually is the one who beat holly home and then the Amanda nunez beat her <laughs> circle of life yo it's crazy so we went out there we saw what happened we were watching and then it comes to realize that, look, at the end of the day, man, she got starched. She took her ball and she went home. Oh, but what I was saying with uh, um, with Misha Tate, Misha Tate, and she had a fight. They had a little beef after the fight. 
Misha Tate lost, went to go, you know, after a really good fight, went to go shake her hand. And Ronda just looked at her hand and walked away. She ended up getting booed out of the arena that night. She won the title at the peak of her stardom. And she got booed out of the arena. It was nuts. It was crazy to see, man. So that was always my issue with her. She never held herself accountable for anything. So now I hear about this. I see a couple quotes come out. And Ronda Rousey on Steve-O's YouTube page, it sounds like. And she said, she goes on to say this. I think I have to try to think about it as would I rather be the greatest of all time or have everybody think I'm the greatest of all time? It used to be so important to me to have both. But now it's going to the point where I don't want to sacrifice myself and my family to prove to any more to a bunch of people who don't give a shit about me. I know and the people that love me know it's no longer a priority in my life. She goes on to say, I don't want to give myself to people who don't want to be, uh, who, who wouldn't do the same for me. But man, it's hard when everyone around you, the value they have for you is how you fight. And how they see you is how you fight. The only thing they think you have to offer is how you fight. It's actually my husband that taught me I'm so much more than a fighter. I don't have to fight myself into the ground to prove I'm the greatest of all time when I know I am. Whoa! Yo! A couple things I thought was super crazy about that statement is, is okay, let's start off with the, I know I'm the greatest of all time. Look, I get it. As a fighter, you have to be confident in yourself. But as a fighter, you also have to be realistic, open, and honest about yourself, your career. The fact that she has never been able to come back and face those demons. To me already says, fam, you can't be the GOAT because you're not objective. You're not being realistic. You're not being real to yourself. And then she said all people think about is, you know, they don't give a shit about me. They don't. What what, what do you mean? How many little girls looked up to Ronda Rousey? Fam, you had Demi Lovato swearing up and down that you were going to scuff Amanda Nunes. I didn't forget. She was running up and down, puffing her chest out, talking about the Holly Holm fight was a fluke. Bruh. There were plenty of women in the world that thought what Ronda Rousey was doing was incredible. She literally was a face of feminism. She was tough. She was brash. So for her to go out there and say, oh, those people don't give a shit about me? All they see me as a fighter? Yo, you were not just a fighter to them. The same way I think a lot of us are realizing that Kobe Bryant wasn't just a basketball player to them. She was more. But she was too thick to even understand that. That's what happens when you have yes men around you. That's what happens and that's why she never really grew in her career. She never evolved. Look, man, I might say a lot of shit about John Jones. But John Jones continues to evolve. He always has a new wrinkle in his game. If anybody comes close to him, he comes back and ends up fixing that hole. And becoming better. 
you gotta have love for stuff like that. Um, this is where I really, really had an issue with Ronda Rousey's statement. She went on to say, look, if I just retired undefeated and left all those girls there, they wouldn't have had any credibility because I wouldn't have given them many. And so the way everything ended up was the best it could have been for the division because they got to take my credibility and run with it instead of letting me run away with it. They might have they might have been what I wanted to selfish, but I wanted most was for the vision in the sports to succeed. So what happened is what needed to happen. Bruh. Yo, yo, that's a narcissist, yo. That is that is so off-putting. Not only can you not already be open enough to realizing that you're not the greatest of all time, but to literally give yourself credit? D- does, does Holly Holm not have anything to do with that? Does Joanna Yen Jacek does not have anything to do with that? Does Gina Carano not have anything to do with that? How about Cyborg? All these women are stars. She wasn't the first to, to sell out a pay-per-view. For a female, no. That was um, Cyborg and, uh, and Gina Carano. It would have happened eventually. Because the athletes are that good. Take your credibility. Yo, your credibility left the moment you got your face knocked off. The first time. This is, man, this is why she has never come back. She feels as if the MMA community is critical of her. And she's right. They are critical of her. It's because of shit like this, yo. You had people that loved you. And you shit on them instead, yo. That's why Ronda Rousey will never truly be revered again in the MMA community, bro. Look, man, the proof is in the pudding. All right, check it out. We're going to take a quick little break. Word from our sponsors, and we're going to finish up with the rest of five rounds of fight news. Remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each week by the wonderful healthy meal prep company, Sage Eats. Sage Eats delivers healthy meals directly to your home or office, yo. Uh, Healthy meals right there, chef-made, delivered to you, man. You are going to love it. Check them out, sageeatschicago.com. They cook and deliver healthy meals directly to your office, grass-fed, organic, delicious, all that good stuff, yo, Sage Eats has for you. Check them out, SageEatsChicago.com. Again, SageEatsChicago.com. Apply promo code to fight. You will get 10% off of your first three months. And while we're at it, do not forget to let everybody know about the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, yo. That is the Fight Podcast, yo. Let your friends, let everybody know. Uh, Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, our website, thefightpodcast.com. And yo, I like a couple follows, yo. I need my follow game up too. Remember, at the Fight Podcast and at Search Vicente, all on IG. All right, let's go ahead and jump back into five rounds of fight news. I think it's round number four. All right, all right, man. Round number four it is. Uh, yo, the, the gift that keeps on giving. 
Israel Adesanya and John Jones beef. These two will not stop clapping back at each other, yo. It is hilarious. But look, it is a fight that I absolutely eventually want to see. I think that we will eventually see the UFC's middleweight champion, Israel Adesanya, against the GOAT, in a lot of people's estimation, John Bones Jones, man. John Bones Jones in next week, man. Actually, this coming weekend defends his chip against Dame Reyes at a one oh at um at two oh five. But he was asked about Adesanya in a recent um interview, and he said this. No, I don't think in terms of your fight, Izzy he said, No, I don't think we're gonna fight. I don't think that Izzy wants to fight me. If he did, he'd take the opportunity. I don't think we're gonna even going to fight. Eventually, I'll be a heavyweight. I don't think the fight's going to happen. He's continued to say this. He's continued kind of running back and forth and saying that, look, man, if I decided he wanted to fight me, he would have just moved up and fought me now. But whatever, this kid doesn't want to fight me. Adesanya in turn is continuing to say, look, man, I got to work on my division. I'm going to clean out my division. I'm going to be a good champion. And then next year, I'll fight you. So he goes on to pretty much clap back at John and say this. Yo, who gives a shit about weight? I've never given a fuck about weight. Since when? It's never been an issue for me. I've been a heavyweight in boxing, in kickboxing. I'll do it again in MMA. So it's never been an issue about weight. You can try to run the heavyweight, but I'll chase him down. I'll hunt him down if I have to. And that was how I decided to clap back. Look, yo, these dudes are two of the best fighters in the world. It's a little bit of gamesmanship. It's a lot of fun. Are they going to fight right now? No. But when they fight, how is the fight going to go? Look, I'm not, I don't know. But I'm, I do know one thing. Adesanya is light years ahead of John Jones in terms of the stand-up. And John should be light years ahead of Adesanya in terms of the ground game. They can both do the other things. The two are really extremely well-rounded fighters. But I don't know. John's way bigger. Adesanya is more technical. Oh, it's a dream matchup. Will it happen? God, I hope so, man. I hope, I hope, I hope. All right, yo. Uh, moving right along. Round number five. All right. This one I found to be a little bit interesting, right? Um, Macy Barber. Macy Barber, hype train. One of the top, top she was actually top five, uh, pound for pound, under 25 uh, in all of MMA, ranked by ESPN. She just came off of her big loss, her first loss in her career against Roxanne Mataferi. And Roxanne Mataferi was asked recently in Ariel Hawani interview, look, man, you knew she was hurt. Why didn't you attack the hurt leg or whatever the case may be? She said, look, man, that's not who I am. I wouldn't do that. Macy Barber, on the other hand, came under a little bit of fire. And she came under a little bit of fire because of these comments here. I'm not as nice as her, especially in the fight. I know that it's a, it's a, it's a, I'm going to win or you're going to win situation. And if there's someone who's hurt, I mean, I would capitalize on that. You know, I would have stood her up and I would have been like, no, I'm going to kick your leg until you fall over. Uh, I'm just thankful that, you know, that she's not that kind of person and that mean, you know, um, 
But that could have that could have happened, and I could have been hurt way worse because of the doctor showing that I was I was injured in a fight. Um, so I don't necessarily agree at all with with him sitting me down and checking me. You know, if he's going to check the and assess the stability of someone's leg and then continue to say that they have a torn ACL and that you're fine. I mean, clearly you're not fine. You have one leg that's that, that's like basically incompetent. If I was in Roxanne's situation. I'm not as nice as her. Especially All right. So you hear what she said. She said she would have attacked. People are like, how could you do that? How can you say that? And look, I'm going to be honest with you. You guys know I used to compete a little bit. And the way I look at it is this. You're in there for a reason. I'm not in here to hurt anybody. But you have to get them out of there as quickly as possible. Because if I don't get them out, I myself can be injured. So if there's a way that I can sit there and actually go ahead and get it done quicker, land one big kick, maybe she'll just pretty much tap out. That's honestly what I would have done. So I'm not personally mad at Macy Barber for saying that. And check it out. I'm not the only one. Chell Sonnen, one of the greats. One of the best analysts in the game now um, competed again, competed in the WEC, UFC, Bellator. Dude is amazing. Um, he went out recently, and this are his comments on that as well. Pulling back in any sport. We're out here. It's Super Bowl week. There's some rule in football. You don't run the score up. That is insane. That teaches kids the wrong thing. You put as many points on the board as you possibly can. That's sportsmanship. You start pulling back on your opponent, that's disrespect. Among fighters, among the fraternity, right? The boys in the back, as you say, at the gym. Is there an unspoken rule that if a fighter is clearly injured, you don't attack that? Is that is that not the martial arts way? Have you ever had someone, a coach, a teammate, a mentor say that to you? No. No, I've never, I've never heard of such a thing. You would definitely go for it. Because, look, I mean, don't forget, you're not trying to, to wound and, and change this person's next few months or put them in a cast. You're not doing things like that. You're trying to encourage them, in all fairness, to just tell the referee, hey, whoa, get me out of here. Or, or signal to the corner, hey, bring the towel in. I got something I got to tell you. Something's going on here, and I got to get to the back. That's what you're encouraging them to do. You are not attempting to harm them. I've never agreed with pulling back in. All right, so we hear what he said. And I agree with them, man. Look, they're not in there. I, I'm trying to get this over with so neither of us sustain any more damage. It is what it is. And that's another thing. I'm not taking it easy on anybody. That's not how the sport is. This is why MMA is the greatest sport in the world. I agree with Chael Sonnen 1,000%. All right, yo. Uh, yo, that was five rounds of fight news. Um... We do it each and every week, man. We got to keep you guys abreast of everything. Now, usually what I do next is I'll sit here and I'll break down, you know, the up and coming fight card. But we're going to go ahead and save that for a little later on this week. But what I am going to do is there is a little bit of rumor report. And it seems like we might have an unofficial title fight at 135 pounds. So recently, Twitter Wars started. Aljermaine Sterling, the number, what is it? The number two contender at 135 pounds started calling out the number three contender, Peter Yan. He actually tweeted, buddy, and he said, Dear Peter Yan, what's up, bro? 
<laughs> this dude is great, man. It's been a while since our UFC PI face off. Are you busy at the end of April or May? I got an ass whooping with your name on it. I'm not like Henry Cejudo. You don't scare me. Every man bleeds. Sincerely yours, Funk Daddy. Yo, that's great. That's a great call out. That's fun. It's funny. Yo, Al Jermaine is one of the best in the sport. Yo, I'm a huge fan of dude out of there over the guys with Matt Sarah and them. Sarah Longo's team. Dude is an absolute beast. Um, but Peter Jan's is also one of the best in the world. And what this dude has recently done is incredible. So let me, before I get into both these dudes' records and what they've done their last three fights, Peter Jan wrote back, Dear Aljo, we both know you would be one of those who bleeds if we fight. You ain't hurting nobody with, those, with your point scoring style. And yes, I'm available in April or May. And I never turned down the scrap. Hashtag ready for anyone. Regards, Siberian Gangster. Yo, that is an amazing. That's that's one of the best call outs I've seen and heard back and forth. It was smart. It was funny. It was to the point. And more importantly, yo, it fucking makes sense. It makes sense. It's the number two guy versus the number three guy. Al Joe's record is 17 and three. His last three fights, he submitted Kobe Stamen. One of the best in the game. Top 10. He defeated Jimmy Rivera. At the point in time, Jimmy was number two. And he actually went out there and just got a, just a completely dominant decision where he landed three times more strikes than he ever landed in his career. Against Munoz. On the other side, you have Peter Yan, who beat former title challenger. John Dotson. He got a decision against that same Jimmy Rivera. If I'm talking about which one was a more dominant victory, I'm not going to lie. Aljo's had a more impressive victory, but they still got the job done. And then afterwards, I'll say the most impressive event out of all of them. I'm not even going to say out of all of them. I will say this. I think both of their last performances were both of their best performances, and that was against Uriah Faber. He went out there and completely destroyed a California kid, fam. I think he knocked that fool back into retirement. After that fight, he was a California kid. He was a California old ass. It was crazy. The way he whooped that dude's ass. It's nuts. So, this fight makes sense. And it's even on Twitter, I'm realizing, and it's officially dubbed the People's Chip. And it is, man. You have Henry Cejudo right now calling out, of all people, Jose Aldo. Who has lost his last two fights? I've already talked about this. I was blue in the face, fam. That fight doesn't even make sense. But that's the fight that the UFC and Henry Sukudo wants. Makes no sense. But that's what he wants. One of these two guys should get the title shot. And if that's not the case, honestly, this here, this fight right here, would absolutely this is the people's ship. These two are the actual best in the weight class, man. That should be amazing. Um, another fight that could possibly be amazing that there's being rumored back and forth. As we already know, Robert Whitaker, the former champion, had to drop out um, due to, um, unfortunately, it seems like he's having a blood marrow transfusion or something like that with his daughter. Really admirable. I'm really glad he's doing that. But he had to pull out of the fight that he had with Jared Cantonier. So Jared Cantonier goes out there and, and essentially calls out the rest of the division. 
Look, five weeks out from UFC 248 and still no fight. Robert Whitaker can't make it. Darren Till is still thinking about it. I've got people asking me left and right if they can go ahead and buy tickets and plane trips to Vegas. Mick Maynard, Dana White, UFC. If Darren won't fight and Yoel Romero can get a title shot on a two-fight losing streak, then give me Kelvin Gaslam, a contender's match on 1-2. This is my waiting to hear back. Yo, man, he, he should feel this way. Jared Cantonier is the dark horse of the division, and if he beat Robert Whitaker, he was almost guaranteed a title shot. If he beats Darren Till or Kelvin Gastelum, this would be incredible. I think this would be an amazing fight. I think he and Kelvin Gastelum is entertaining. They both take shots. They both had good stand-up. I, who would I favor? I, man, I don't know, man. I think I'll have to favor Jared Cantonier right now because he has the momentum. Now, granted, Kelvin needs a win. He's on a two-fight losing streak. This would be a prime Kelvin against a ready and hungry Jared Cannonier. Ooh. Man, these are the type of fights that, man, just get me going, fam. This shit gets me up in the morning. Um, all in all, look, I don't know what's going to happen with that one. Uh, I can't wait to see. Uh, but the last one I want to bring up is and we talked about this a little bit with the guru Brandon Camille. Is Terrence Crawford actually coming to MMA? Bob Arum actually recently spoke out and said this. I would love to have Terrence Crawford fight McGregor. Once MMA rules, one boxing rules. Crawford has a background in wrestling and would not be adverse to fighting McGregor with UFC rules. That's something that's occurred to us in the last couple of days. And we'll be pursuing it with Dana White. All right, yeah, look, check this out. Uh, am I here for a fight? Okay, let me rephrase that. Do I like these type of fights? Do I like boxing MMA fights? No, I don't. But would I be here to see Terrence Crawford crossover and fight McGregor in MMA? Oh, I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I'm here for that shit. Now, is it gonna happen? I doubt it. But Bob Arum, ESPN, Dana White's with ESPN, they're all starting to work together now, so we will see. Dana's been trying to make a big splash in uh, the boxing market with Zufa Boxing. We're going to see what happens, man. We will, and you know I'm going to keep you guys uh, posted with that one. All right, check it out. With that being said, yo, that is really all about the time I have for today, man. Um, this weekend, we have John Jones defending his title against Dominic Reyes. I will be doing my full breakdown on episode 181 later on this week. That will come out Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. That will end up coming out. And I'll give all my fight picks and everything that one. Brandon Camille is back this week. He and I are going to talk all things boxing. We'll talk about what's going on with Demetrius Andre, Jojo Diaz, and so much more, man. So we have a lot of great shit coming for you guys this week. Uh, with that being said, this has been the Fight Podcast, the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe. You know we're brought to you guys by Sage Eats. I am your host, the Underground King. This has been episode 180. Love you guys. I'll see you next time. Deuces! Deuces!